Hello, I'm Bree Stevens-Hoare and I'm joined by James Hall from Gatehouse and more importantly during this 2022 LGBTQIA History Month uh, we're interviewing various people uh, in the legal profession who identify as LGBTQIA and today we have Master Victoria McLeod talking to us. Master McLeod will be known to many lawyers and litigants as a master of the Queen's Bench. She was the youngest master when she was appointed as a deputy in 2006 and has made a large number of very high profile and important decisions. Having been in practice in the well-known family set quorum chambers, in 2016, Master McLeod set up the Historic Abuse Lawyers Forum seeking alternative and better ways to address historic abuse claims. Before her career in law, Master McLeod was a chartered psychologist with a particular interest in brain function, artificial intelligence, and artificial vision. So I always feel significantly overpowered in terms of intellect when we meet. James, I think you were going to start with the first question. Yes, thanks, Bree. Um, so there's a lot of talk these days about identity. Many of us feel that we have multiple facets to our identity. Uh, so I'm going to ask you a very big question. Um, against that background, who would you say that you are? Um, I'm a Welsh judge, a Catholic Welsh judge, I think would be the way I'd put it. Trans is probably, I don't know, third or fourth down there, maybe. Um, perhaps that's the well, how I'd put it. And I suspect from what we heard earlier, a cat loving. Well, that's <laughs> well, um, yes, and um, and someone who enjoys life and all the rest of it. I mean, everything. What counts as part of your identity? I mean, identity is multifaceted. Um, sometimes we feel a different person, different days of the week. Um, and indeed, I think our identity to some extent is shaped by other people, isn't it? Uh, we can feel who we are in relation to other people, can't we? I you think can that's your mother to someone. You can be a spouse to someone. You can be the source of food to my cats. You, you can you can be partly defined. I'm not sure that identity is entirely something you carry in yourself. Actually, we are social animals. I think I think you're right. I suppose for me, um, my identity is lots of things internal to me, but what presents and what is engaged depends very much on the context. Hmm. Do you, do you ever find any of those facets are in tension with one another? That's all. Um, so quite probably, but I'm not aware of, of resolving those tensions. I, I, I think you just probably pick the appropriate sense of identity. I, I suppose if I see myself as a compassionate person, I try to see myself as a compassionate person. Sometimes I have to be pretty heartless as a judge. That's really difficult. Mm. Um, you know, if, if you've got a case where you're about to make a decision that affects whether, I don't know, a seriously brain damaged child gets any money for damages and it's based on some mess up by the solicitors and the law is pulling you in, a, a, in that direction, that creates a tension. You could call that a moral tension, but maybe morality is a function of of identity as well. Maybe our moral sense is part of our identity. So, so I suppose particularly my, my job brings that into focus occasionally. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, I can see that. Yeah. 
Bree, I think you're next, aren't you? Yes, I was going to ask, what, if anything, do you think the trans or any other part of you under the LGBT, etc., umbrella element of your identity adds to the professional that you are? Um, I mean, it's just, it's just my life experience, I think. I mean, I... I, 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 I did my job without really thinking about it for many years. And I, I, I didn't really identify as trans. I mean, it's important to appreciate that this notion of people being trans is quite a recent mm. thing. I mean, I, I've always identified as female throughout my life. So, so I, I don't really self-identify trans. I do refer to myself as trans because other ha others have referred to me in that way and it's become common usage. And I was outed to the press in 2016, but I spent my career um, just being Victoria. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I spent and my internal identity since I was four or five has been female so, so i've never thought i'm i'm trans it's become a label that's um it, it's like the word if you turn the clock back i mean when i when i was younger um people like me were called transsexuals yeah. delightfully scary word i think we should reclaim it because it's such a scary word uh and uh, and of course it features in in you know the rocky horror show too which makes it even cooler um uh, and of course then the word trans arose a bit like the word gay it's a destigmatizing word but it was meaning people such as myself who had effectively a, if you like a um maybe a maybe a, what you call a binary outlook in the sense that i was saw myself as being female but i was born with a particular body over the years the word has evolved uh, and it's now a broader, a broader church. It's a, bro a broader term, and, it, and it, it encompasses, quite rightly, anyone with any kind of um, gender outlook, and that includes non-binary non people, because the world has come to appreciate that there are non-binary people as well, Indeed. Uh, and gender fluid people. Um, so the word trans itself, I think, has actually shifted its meaning a little bit. But I, I've never seen myself as, as <laughs> uh, really 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 as trans although I do use it in relation to myself now because people sort of I think know what it means but I've only ever seen myself as as having a, a female identity really very clearly in the same in the same way that um any most children are born with a clear sense I say born most people most children have some sense of their gender identity probably by the time they're three or four so a little girl, a little girl who is born and identified by others as a little girl and who identifies herself as a little girl isn't questioned as as to whether she's right. Um, and and I had exactly the same concrete sense of my own gender from, from that age as well. It just happened to not to tally with certain other features, but they're fixable. I was going to say that yeah. sort of goes back to your answer to the first question, the way, yeah. doesn't it, about how other people shape your identity? Yeah. Yes, labels can, can labels can force an identity on you, which isn't necessarily welcome. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I've, um, I've, I've had trans judge foisted on me in the sense that I was just judge until 2016. Thank you very much. And I was just barrister till, till I was appointed. Uh, I don't mind being, being trans judge, but it's just not it just just wasn't a thing in, in terms of how I do my job. You know, I didn't talk about it. Indeed, as you say, it's external and the evolution of understanding as well. Um, but I'm interested in your reference to reclaiming in the context of uh, transsexual. because such a scary word. <laughs> <laughs> but you referred to gay, which obviously in itself is a, a name, and queer, which yeah. is language that was has been used to be pejorative. Hmm. And um, the LGBTQI, et cetera, et cetera, community has been very keen to reclaim words and say, okay, yeah. if you're going to use them to bash us with, we'll make them ours and fun and yes. stand proudly under them. 
yeah, there's a noble history of that, obviously, in all sorts of oppress groups. Yeah, claim claim the thing that you're being bashed with. It's quite effective. Mm. It takes away the negative power from it, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so I think we'd like to ask you this question in particular. Are there any historic um, LGBTQIA plus um, figures that inspire you particularly? And if so, could you tell us about one, please? Well, I mean, in a sense, I said, you know, that, that you know, I, I, I grew up uh, feeling female. So um, in a sense, I haven't had trans, I haven't consciously had trans role models. Obviously, when you're contemplating coming out or transitioning, as it certainly used to be called in the 90s, which is when I was kind of born, um, you kind of look around you to see whether others are doing it successfully. And there are a host of people whose names, you know, one, can't, one couldn't remember but just who are ordinary everyday people who occasionally came were, were in the press doing sort of ordinary everyday jobs i mean i remember there was one one person who became a barrister worked for the cps and was sacked on day one because they discovered she was trans because it was legal to to sack you then i mean we had no civil rights really until 99 2000 um so i i don't think i've got particular trans role models um because that's just not how what shaped me um I have a sort of um, quasi-modern role model who, who, who's Crenogwyn, who's, who's a, um, she, she was the first female bardic poet. Um, and she's a, um, she was in the mid 1800s. Um, and she was, she might, might be seen as uh, certainly gender non-conforming uh, in the sense, and she's a relative, you know, distant relative. She, she, she uh, rejected female stereotypes. She qualified as a sea captain. She sailed ships. She ran a navigation school. She never married. She lived only with female friends um, and, uh, and became the first female bardic poet. And um, I'm, I'm honored to have her as, a, as an antecedent. Um, and, but I only discovered her relatively late in life. So I can't say that she was a role model that helped my development, but I've kind of adopted her now and I wish I'd had her sooner. She um, sounds quite inspirational. She is. She's, well, she's very well known in Wales. I mean, any of any anyone who has Welsh roots uh, will, will, will have heard of her. I mean, she's she's a big a big thing, and you, you can buy children's books about her, illustrated with. I've got I've got a lovely children's cartoon book of her. It's great big, you know, big pages, big letters in very simple Welsh, and it's got a picture of her. Well, pictures are on every page, you know, drawings, but on the front there's a picture of her on one of her ships, wow. with a sort of Welsh hat and flowing hair and a cat. <laughs> uh because she's sort of action woman but from the 1800s yes and uh yeah great great person i'd, I'd like to be i you know quite like to be like her that's but fantastic growing up, but i think she's great and anyone who doesn't know her look her up and since you've discovered her recently it feels like we've flipped into an episode of who do you who who do you who think you are? you are that's it well a lot of that's people think, <laughs> yeah brilliant Okay, and I was going to ask you, what, if anything, does LGBTQIA plus History Month mean to you? I think, I think it's really important. Um, I, I, and I, I, I said this last year to, to, to a different interview. I mean, for me personally, it means doing a lot of interviews, but it also means um, answering questions like this, which I answered last year, and as I said, in a different setting. And, and I think actually it's important to call uh, LGBTQIA people to mind within organizations and institutions. And what I've seen a huge increase in in the last five, six years is firms of solicitors and businesses doing it. 
Now, that might just be tokenism, but what I've also seen is that that has been claimed from within those businesses by people from those communities. So it's become quite, uh, quite a grassroots thing. And, and, and it, it, it means that at some point of the year, people are made aware of people from those groups and it gives people from those groups an authentic voice. Uh, and, and it just keeps that alive. We, we, we mustn't um, bury our identities um, because therein lies oppression, self-oppression, if nothing else. And also therein lies a bland life because we need to celebrate our identities. I mean, it is great being trans. It is great being in the LGBT community. I think, you know, it can be great. It isn't always for everyone. For me, it's it, it's wonderful. The best thing I am. with you there. <laughs> and we need to celebrate that and to make it clear to, to other people that, you know, if you feel if you're if you're gay, if you're trans, just just do it. Um, because uh, it's just the best thing to be your authentic self. That's really interesting because I think many people would assume it's just about not losing history, but you're talking about it very much as being about the empowerment and the sense of identity for people currently. Hmm. And we have a lot to contribute to, to society as well. You know, we, 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 uh, you, you chop bits out of society, society's whole loses out. We all lose out. Indeed. It gives allies a chance to celebrate Hmm. those groups as well doesn't it yeah um, i suppose ally is within the lgbtpqiaa it gives it gives it gives straight people a chance to celebrate people from other groups as well yeah and, and we need to celebrate allies too in particular i mean uh, you know uh, it wasn't so long ago and i've had this experience it wasn't so long ago that you know back in the day you know late 90s early 2000s you know to be an ally Probably you could go further back for, 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 for gay and lesbian people, maybe to the 60s, 70s. But even in the 90s or even in the early 2000s, to be an ally openly of a trans person was to bring stigma on yourself. Uh, you know, I've, I've known someone who probably lost their job mm. for being willing to be a referee for me. Wasn't said, but things took a turn after mm. that. And, you know, so allies, allies have been brave, too. And um, for a long time, there hasn't there wasn't any kind of third party protection against discrimination to be discriminated against because of your association with one of the protected groups wasn't present in the legislation. So even though in 99, there was at least technical employment protection for, for a trans person, it didn't mean much but it was there there wasn't protection for someone associated with a trans person so you could be got rid of for the stigma of the people you keep company with so we have to thank our allies and and it is really important indeed and it's a sad indictment that the law has had to address that and protect people for doing just that standing up and standing beside other people I mean, over, overarching all this i think is is the the stigma of of that, that there still is over um if we turn the clock back again, to be gay, especially a gay man, was to be mentally ill not so long ago. And to be trans was to be mentally ill not so long ago. So you also have overarching this, the, 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 the stigma of illness and, quotes being unclean in a way, socially, that, that we've, had, we've taken, had to take a long time to start to get rid of. And trans people are only just beginning to shake that now. Um, 
to be trans was removed, if you like, from the great big black book of illnesses only within the last couple of years. Um, and it, it, it can say it can be quite harmful when, when you have a situation when, you, when your very identity is labelled uh, dysfunctional or quite literally within the technical use of the word perverted. Um, so, uh, you know, one, one has had to sort of work with that and, and the, there were exemptions in the law, for example, towards trans people, um, which cast doubt on whether we ought to interact with vulnerable people, which, which raises notions of abuse and quite a lot of sinister things, all of which are stigma carried forward from the past and it has taken a long time for the law to even begin to think of removing those sorts of structural stigmata. And we still see and hear them in oh, yes. the public discourse yes. around. Well, it's all coming back at the moment. I mean, but all it, the other elements yeah. of the yeah. LGBT plus community. Yes, I mean you, you only have to look at the headlines that there were in the 1980s in relation to gay people. I mean, trans people were just off radar. It was possibly even easier for trans people because they were off the radar. But for gay people at the time of AIDS and HIV the same issues came up. It was about, can we trust these people around um, children? Uh, and trans people went through that in the 2000s. There's a little bit of that around at the moment, but that's, that's if you like, a, a little bit of a ripple. It's a shockwave from sort of two decades ago from when Indeed. we went through all of those, and that, that will pass. So it's nothing like as bad as, as, it, as it was. Um, but yes, you, you, the law is, is remarkably slow at dealing with things, but I suppose because the democratic process represents the totality of opinion and, and you know uh, the totality of opinion isn't always the most liberal at the front although sometimes okay. i think society's ahead of, of legislation i think it often is um but there we are my my, my sense is it goes in waves <laughs> sometimes yes, the law leads mm -hmm. and yeah. sometimes public opinion leads yes yeah let's agree with that I think um, that leads us into you, James. Yeah, so so our final um, question um, really reflects on the fact that it's the 50th year of Pride, and mm. the theme for this year is that the arc is long, which comes from a Martin Luther King quote. Yes. The arc of the moral yeah. universe is long, but it bends towards justice. Yes, wonderful, man. Yes, yeah. Does, does that resonate for you? It sounds like it does. Absolutely. No, I'm, I'm a terrible optimist uh, as well. <laughs> um, it does. I, I think I think humanity tends towards the good, not the bad. Um, and uh, I've seen improvement in, in my lifetime. I, I could only come out in 1999 because it had just about become legally possible. Uh, and since then, I've seen the most amazing changes. Uh, we've got civil partnerships. We've got gay marriage. I'm in a civil partnership myself. Um, things have moved hugely. Society's a much happier, nicer place, in my view. And, and yes, things go in waves, but the, well, I can't improve on the quote. <laughs> I won't repeat it. I can't improve on the quote, and I entirely agree with it. Yeah. Which is a very good and positive note for us to leave it on. So I'm going to say thank you very much, Master okay. McLeod. Okay. It was definitely a touch of history and present. Uh, and I think uh, lots of appropriate celebration in there. So thank you for joining us. It's okay. Anytime. Thank you very much.
Eight House Chambers is a barrister's chambers which specialises in legal advice and advocacy in the areas of clinical negligence and personal injury, commercial dispute resolution, construction, insolvency, insurance, private client, professional liability and property. This recording is provided free of charge for information purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. No responsibility for the accuracy and or correctness of the information and commentary or for any consequences of relying on it is assumed or accepted by any member of Gatehouse Chambers or by Gatehouse Chambers as a whole.